listening to the Real Movies Podcast. I'm Rob Carmack. I'm sitting here with John Rhodes. How's everybody out there? And a special guest with us today, Doug Curley. Yeah, glad to be with you. Visiting from our other podcast, Around the Wicket. Hey, tell me what was the, the title of this podcast was what? Real Movies. Real is that a new title? Or has that been your title all along? That's been the title the whole yeah. time. Okay. It's, okay. It, yeah, it's just sort of like a you know documentary. Because, I mean, as if, you know, all movies are real. You know, it's not like they're imagined. But right, like, right. Although, well, you know, documentaries are like do- movies real about life. real stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. So that's that's sort of the, the origin of the title. We actually never gotten into that. So I yeah. love that because I love reality TV. I know oh, it's just yeah. all real yeah. stuff. Yeah, well, so it's kind of real. Right yeah. my, I'm, I'm excited. I feel like we should at some point take a side road and do like a whole series on reality TV shows, and you need to be in on that because you were a reality TV junkie like nobody else I know. Yeah, yes, it's good. All right, well, Nick Island. Yes. Well, today actually, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> is that, is that the new one? Is that what you're into? Now? Stone Cold <laughs> Steve Austin hosted though. Wow. There's another one called Small wow. Town Security that I feel like I need to, to check out that I've not watched yet. I really want to Im- go into details on that, but I don't want to derail your deal, uh, so, right. so go ahead. <laughs> we, have, we only have a limited amount of time. Yeah. Well, actually, today's documentary, Doug, you have recommended this to us, and so that's sort of why you're in the room with us today. And uh, it's, I don't remember which year it was made, but it's e- it's an ESPN documentary it's called... made in 2011. 2011, so very, very new and, and the movie is called Catching Hell. If a fan just gets his hand out of the way, Moises makes the catch. Steve Bartman was just a guy. Today is the most infamous fan on the planet. The big mystery was, who was this guy? What if I told you that fate can be fair or foul? ESPN Films presents Catching Hell, directed by Alex Gibney. This is the story behind the story of a guy named Steve Bartman, who famously in, was it 2004? Three. 2003, caught a a ball that Moises Alou of the Chicago Cubs was supposed to catch and basically clinched the playoffs for the Cubs against the, um, was it the Marlins? Yes. It was. And and, uh, instead, a fan named Steve Bartman caught the ball and famously became the most hated man in Chicago since Al Capone. And so... Uh, and, and so this documentary sort of deals with the aftermath of that. Who was Bartman? What, how did the media respond to that? So let's just jump right in. What, what was you guys... Well, I mean, technically, he didn't even catch the ball. No. He got his hand in the way, and some other guy got the ball, and then was paid. That guy was paid $100,000. That guy, he's so, the, that's the luckiest guy in the world. And right Bartman's there. in witness protection. Yes. <laughs> Bartman, so. And Bartman, we should say, Bartman never appears on camera in this film. He will no. not be interviewed. He has gone, like, radio silent for the rest of his life. He has no interest. Off the grid. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, the, even the media guys were talking about like trying to track him down. It's like he no longer exists. Like he doesn't even have a credit card, as far as we can tell. Yeah. So yeah, crazy stuff. And so that was. Do you guys? Well, first of all, let me ask: Were you guys watching this game? Absolutely. I was too. I, I don't watch a lot of t- sports on TV, but I'm a big Cubs fan. I remember exactly what I was doing. I was studying for a midterm. Uh, and and I stopped to watch this game, and this, this was one of only two innings of the game that I watched. Wow! And it became like one of the most iconic moments in all of Chicago Cubs history. Yeah. But I remember like just the outrage, and, and just I remember, and, and they talk about how the the crowd is chanting like they're calling him like a hole, and and these things. And I remember that being covered while it was happening. And just the the aftermath, and I remember not even feeling bad for the guy at the time. Like, yeah, man, he totally deflected the ball. I totally jumped on the bandwagon. So, yeah. w- w- what w- did you guys have a similar reaction, or did you did you care? I, I didn't see it. Um, that was really if 
the Rangers aren't in it, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch some other team play baseball. Um, I mean, uh, so, but I, I loved the documentary. And because of the way the documentary was set up, and I kind of figured out, you know, where it was going, it's, like, I was never, I was always on Steve's side. So I never had that oh that jerk that got in the way. So you, you don't know? you don't remember the hype around it like this is no, not something you were really a part of. No, I wasn't really a part of it. I mean, one, it was also National League. Two, it was you know I, I didn't care. I mean, uh, I was just mad because the Yankees were going to be in another World Series. So that was really all that I'd, I'd already turned off baseball for the year. Okay, I was ready for Cowboys football. Oh man! See that—that's so because I was so excited that year because that, the, all the hype was—it's been a hundred years since the Cubs have oh, been yeah. to the series, yeah. and it, the basically the, the the line of thinking was this one play just in, continued to to push forward the, this curse, right. the curse of the Cubs. So I don't know what what were your thoughts on all this, Curly? Well, I, it's it's just amazing to me, and and I had forgotten. I watched it. In my recollection of it was that it was the last out of the game. Mm-hmm. Like I thought, this was it. They had won. In reality, there were so many things that happened after this. Uh, it was in the eighth inning when this happened. There were five outs left to go. Yeah. All right. And so he hits the ball. Uh, their Gold Glove shortstop right after that boots a, a routine double play ball that should have been a, the, the guy makes the play nine out of ten times. Right. And so. I had forgotten the real details of it, um, but I'm a huge sports guy. So at the time, I didn't think anything about that. Yeah, it was bad and this, that, and the other. But I, I didn't think. I mean, I didn't think that the guy was the biggest loser in history. Right. You know what I mean? Like I just, you just kind of move on and play. And so, being a big sports guy and played college football, so I mean, I've competed at some reasonably high level. Mm-hmm. Like you never use that as an excuse. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Right. Especially when you have – and you make all these plays and a wild pitch here and this there. I mean, it was – I immediately felt bad for the guy because all these idiots in Chicago <laughs> – my apologies <laughs> yeah. if you're from Chicago. But they're just – they're this is going to sound bad, okay? But this is my mentality is you're a bunch of losers. You haven't won in 100 years, and now you're blaming some poor kid yeah. that happened to be the one of the – how many people were trying to yeah, get the ball? Half a dozen people. I, would say, yeah. I was going to say fifty. That's not true, but everybody did it. He was the one guy. There's, there's no one in that stadium that wouldn't have reached for it. No, no yeah. one. But this, this poor guy happens company, to be the guy. Present company included. Absolutely. I would have that. I was like, freaking oh, I, If I, nothing I, else, I just didn't want the Cubs to win. No, I. I <laughs> You'll be everybody, Marlins fan. No, everybody loves the Cubs. Because they're the, they're losers. Yeah. He doesn't love the Cubs. They're the, they're the bad news bears. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So anyway, man, but this, yeah. So that that was kind of my take on it at the time. Yeah. Um, and I love these ESPN films, man. I'm telling you, do we, we got to do more phenomenal. of these. They 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 really are. This good. is up for me, man. This is my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. I love the sports angle and all this behind the scenes stuff. So those are kind of my initial thoughts on it. It's it's such a fascinating, and I love the the story behind the story kinds of stuff. And these ESPN films are great for that because as a guy, I am my knowledge of sports is base level at best mm-hmm. and what these stories do is they they engage me in, in a way that just watching sports center never yeah. does and so I, I loved this documentary for exactly that reason it just it really pulls you into the drama of what happened and the stakes of what happened not not just for the cubs but for Steve Bartman whose life has been ruined by this one moment of and I mean and they even point out like this guy is a super fan 
Not only is he at the game, he's listening to the game on the radio yeah. like, he, while he's at the game. And they talk about, like, you, you can't be a bigger fan than that. Than no, I mean, and he's willing to shell out some pretty good money for a... a that's a that's not an that's not a bad seat at all, dude. That he had. He wasn't he wasn't triple deck. You know he wasn't uh, just the you know give me the cheapest ticket you have. He paid some pretty good money for that well, ticket. It's a playoff game at Wrigley Field. Wrigley Field. If you went to Wrigley Field today to and bought a ticket for just whoever they're playing, and they're in last place right now, it would cost you some money just because the seating is so limited at Wrigley Field, and it's yeah. such an iconic place. So add to the fact that they're winning. It's it's the la- arguably the last playoff game in the series, and they're about to break this hundred year curse. Like it must it must have cost him a thousand dollars to get that ticket, and, yeah. it, and it ruined his life. Did they say? I for, I forgot what they say they paid for. Him. Oh, I don't he, know. Did they say it, it was said, all there? It said two hundred dollars, but it, there's no way it was two hundred dollars. I mean, when the Rangers went in the playoffs last year, I looked into getting tickets. Man, <clears throat> crappy tickets were two hundred dollars. It was. It it wasn't. There's no way that because somebody did like a Mastercard commercial. They were like, mm-hmm. you know, ticket to the game, two hundred dollars, beer, eight dollars. Um, stopping the Cubs from having to go into hiding after you ruined the Cubs' history, priceless or something like <laughs> yeah. that, right? And so, um, yeah, two hundred dollars is way. I, I guarantee you, the people sitting on I the think, rooftops across the street paid two hundred dollars for their tickets. I, I think that that seat may have been a two hundred dollars seat during regular season. I, I would buy that. I believe that. Like that, it was right there on the edge of the third baseline. Um, I, I could easily see that being a two hundred dollars seat just on a normal day. Yeah, I, I would. I would totally believe that. Well, we wanted to talk a little bit. Uh, what were you about to say? No, I. Go ahead. Oh, you're, you're, you're good. I was just going to say, we, we wanted to talk a little bit about the ethical role of the media, because it does seem like the media did sort of fan this fire, and even now, like almost 10 years later, there is, in this documentary, there is a lot of discussion over, did we cover this well? And you hear these TV producers talking about how, like, we really, man, we crucified this guy. Yeah. You know? And so, um, I, I, don't, I don't know, do you guys have any thoughts on, d- does the media go too far in situations like this, and is is there such a thing as... Kind of overdoing it as a, as a producer and a director of a sports um, broadcast like that, you you do on some level have to take into account that you have you know anywhere from fifty to a hundred thousand fans who are highly vested in this game, and they want to see, especially if it's at you know their own home stadium, they want to see this team win, and when somebody innocently makes a mistake like that, the more you show them and the more you kind of point them out, the more you just target them as as like they are the cause of this and you give a face and you give... They gave his name. Yeah, you get... Well, no, they didn't give his name. Oh, he wasn't... Not? No, he didn't have a... They didn't know his name until like two days later. Okay. Or three days later. Well, at some but, point his name was released to the public. Yeah, in, a, in an article in the Chicago... Uh, Tribune, I guess. Sometimes Gazette. That's right. Yeah. Situation. <laughs> they they ended up releasing his name, and that's what really kind of made it bad. But you know, I mean, sports fans are crazy, and they will mob up, and they will kind of just all get on the bandwagon and and say, you know, you ruined my team's chances. You did this, and they'll go after somebody. And so the director needs to know that, like, that's a potentially really dangerous situation. Like, I mean, your, your story is actually putting someone in danger. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like, I mean, you you saw the securities account of everything that happened within that inning. They had to escort him and the two other people he was with out of that stadium and like put him in hiding. And then they had to disguise him and and send him to one of the security officers' houses down the street and wait, you know, several hours. That was crazy. She kept him in her house. Yeah, to kind of get him back home. I mean, it was this, you know, covert SEAL Team 6 kind of operation just to get him out of the stadium. This would be a fun video game, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Escape from Wrigley Escape Field. Escape from Wrigley, the Bartman story. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, it's... I don't know. I, I think that if, if, you are, if you are in charge of a public broadcast in which you have to... I mean, you're showing this to millions of people. Mm-hmm. There, there's got to be something in your head that says, you know, what are the ethical ramifications of this to the public? Well, and what also what's I don't think you have time to do that. I, I mean, no? No, in, yeah. the, in the moment, it's like we all wanted to know. Oh, yeah. I wanted to know who it was. Totally. You, you wanted to know who it was. And so in the moment, you're reporting the news. Now, it comes out. We have the, the luxury of hindsight on this now to see all this horrible and the guys in... I was reading this that the governor of Illinois at the time, Blagojevich, or Blagojevich, yeah, yes. yeah, this guy's been all yes. over the news for being the Ironic. most correct person ever. Yeah, yeah. Blagojevich suggested he join the witness protection program in uh, Bush. Jeb Bush was the the governor of Florida, basically offered Bartman a asylum in Florida, <laughs> which is funny. But I think we have the hindsight of I'm I'm not a big. Um, I mean, there are whole people out there on, on the political side of things at the media and the liberal media, and this is what the media does. And this, I think we wanted to know the story mm-hmm. at the time. I wanted to know who. Well, I wanted to know his name it, as that thing goes on. You yeah. know, um, not again, not because I was angry with him, but just because that's part of the story. That, that's that's it. So you said something. People in their sports are ridiculous. Okay, I can tell you. And I am one of those people. I was going to say, I'm glad you're here. Listen, like, yeah, yeah, because, like, because I have uh, really come a long way in this. I, I, okay, do you guys remember several years ago the Cowboys were in the playoffs? This is Romo's first year to play quarterback. Seattle and Romo drops the the extra point. Yes. He's holding for the not the, the field goal the field that yeah. would have won the game mm-hmm. through his hands. I lost my mind that <laughs> night. I went for a walk. Like I had to get Did out you of really? my, Oh yes, I was my wife. This is back in the. My wife would not watch sports with me for years. I mean, guys, I'm telling you, I have taken the whole sports thing over the top more than anybody you know. I can honestly say that that's probably true. I was so mad. I was shaking. I went for, and that was the night I thought this is this is stupid. Yeah, like I, I am too. Far into this, you caught yourself. I in your care room. more than these guys do, <laughs> which I don't really think so. But you know, so I have gone to the end. I I don't think we can say it's the media's fault, which I'm not saying you're saying. Right. I don't think we can say it's the media's fault because people are idiots. Right. You know what I mean? The media's job is to report the news, the sports, the news, whatever the right. case may be, and. The, the the I mean those guys had no idea. It was interesting though to hear them say, as this thing goes on, the Marlins scored eight runs that inning. Yes, yeah. And I have the replay here of it. It's like the guy walks on the last pitch of the walk. It's a wild pitch which advances a guy to third. 
Pudge Rodriguez is up to bat. 0-2 count. Hits a line drive. Base hit on an 0-2 count. Scores a run. Misses the double play ball, etc. You know, at some point, the guys on the broadcast, the producer is saying, hey, we've we've got a problem. You know, once this thing goes in the a-hole, a-hole, whatever yeah. chance happening, that they realized at some point that they had an issue. But I think in the moment, I would have done the same. I wouldn't have done anything different from their perspective. I would have covered it, well, you know, the whole, the, the whole deal. Yeah, well, it almost seems like a series of people just emotionally just reacting without thought. Like, first of all, reaching for the reaching for the ball, which everyone would have done. Yeah. Then the crowd responding to that. Because, well, because first of all, Moises Alou responded really emotionally. Yeah, yeah. good point. And yeah, everybody yeah. sort of saw that and, and began to target whoever it was that messed up Alou. And so as, as that happens, it... it Dominoes to the media or whoever's covering the game, and they're like, "Oh man, the crowd is going crazy. Let's see why, because that's interesting. Because obviously, if the crowd is interested in something, then people at home are going to be interested in something, and so it becomes a domino effect of just knee-jerk responses. And all of a sudden, you have this giant, like, chaotic ball of anger that yeah. is Wrigley Field. Well, that mob mentality, man, is yeah. crazy. Yes. I mean, you see it. Gosh, yeah. we've seen it for two thousand. Plus years. Oh, for real. You yeah. know? I mean, so, like, it's... And it's a real deal. I mean, that that's... Well, and and I'm not insane. saying that it's their fault. Like, obviously, yeah. you cover the ball, where the ball's going. You do that, and you show the guy. That's fine, but it's the replays, and it's the hashing it up, and it's talking sure. about it. I mean, <clears throat> why didn't you... Like, why don't they keep showing the error by Alex Gonzalez, right? That, that's right after that. I mean, sure. pretty oh, yeah. easy ground ball, right? Like, he could have easily been turned into Bill Bugner. Oh, Alex yeah. Gonzalez. Yeah, 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 yeah. The you Bill know? Bugner and, angle and, was really interesting. And they did too. take Bill Bugner, and they did, I mean, part of this does discuss the Bill Bugner, but yeah, I mean, Alex Gonzalez is really a huge Steve Bartman fan because he is not the Bill Bugner of the Cubs. Steve right. Barton saved Gonzalez's life that night. I mean, honestly, yeah, because maybe. you're right, he would have been Bill Bugner yeah. had it not been for the. the uh, the Steve Bartman incident. Right. And, and you know, I mean, my thing was, and, I mean, I guess we'll talk about this as well. It it put the second strike, like, him foul, him fouling that off gave him his second strike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the job for the pitcher should have been easier, and then the pitcher turned around and walked him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Absolutely. Like, it wasn't as though he let a run score. It wasn't as though a fan caused a run to score. Right. The, yeah. I mean, the guy had a foul ball. Foul balls are not always catchable. And he, you know, we think he would have caught it, but you don't know. But, yes, but, yeah, he's now getting all of this blame for everything else that happened that night. Yep. So it, it kind of, I don't know. I mean, I feel really bad when you put all of that stuff together and you're sitting there and you're like, how how is this guy the cause of all of this stuff when he wasn't on the field playing the game? He didn't let the other eight runs score. He yeah, didn't let any I, of the eight runs yeah. score. Yeah, that was, I mean, really, if anything, that play was just the thing that made the wheels a little bit more wobbly. But, I mean, the whole rest of the inning was a complete debacle. Yeah. And and one of the interesting, I mean, talk about the mob mentality. You have, I, I love that they were able to get a couple of the fans who were in the stands and totally started threatening Steve Bartman, and they got him, them to come on on camera and totally in a rational way explain why they were threatening to kill Steve Bartman. Yes. <laughs> like they were justifying. <laughs> they got that threat. Yes. I mean, the the guys on this this um, 
what do we watch? Documentary. Yeah. Or, <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> podcast. The guys on the documentary, I mean, they did a great job of going to get these different guys. The one oh. guy that was right there with him that owns the bar. Yeah. You yeah. Know, he was talking about trying to, and his, and Bartman's friends distancing from him. Oh, like, now they were buddies, but you would have thought, they, they said even on the broadcast, they thought he was there by himself. Yeah. His buddies were like leaning yep. away. Like, He's like, I don't know him. Those seats available over there. Anyway. I'm like, going to go catch a cab, Steve. I'll yeah. see you tomorrow. Yeah. Poor guy. Well, and then they start giving you like all the back, like apparently he like coaches Little League and he's, yeah. he's like the nicest guy ever. I mean, you just feel so bad for the guy. And yeah, but the the mob mentality. I mean, really, this if anything, this movie is about what happens when the mob begins to get emotional and just takes over. And and I mean, I can't say. And I, again, I've been to Wrigley Field. It's it's a pretty nice place. Like mo- Cubs fans are generally pretty yeah. nice. It's not Yankee Stadium. I mean, no. if this had happened at Yankee Stadium, the guy wouldn't have made it out alive. Yeah. I don't think. I mean, honestly, it would have been very dangerous. But. Um, Wrigley Field is not known as like a really volatile kind of place, but man, they turned that night. It was it was messed up. Part of this too that was cool was this other guy is there filming. You know the guy in the outfield. Yeah, he's filming himself completely independent of all this, and ends up. I forget the guy's name or what it was even for. Mm-hmm. He, he did. He did um, another documentary called Chasing October or whatever okay. about yeah. the Cubs, and that was what his little thing was. But it wasn't really. I mean. That's it wasn't the, done on the same scale no, that I, obviously catching that hell was. That was where the chanting started out there in the outfield. Yeah. He's like, hey, man, they're calling the guy a hole. <laughs> you know, he's telling his camera, yeah. little does he know. Yeah, yeah, it's golly. Yeah, I mean, Alex Gibney, the director and writer of this thing, did a phenomenal job of just getting all kinds of different um, points of view from that night from different people. I mean, obviously... You can't, obviously you can't, you know, go back and and film the documentary. So he was able to find real life accounts throughout that night, which is incredible. What's the deal with the scapegoat angle here? You know, that was kind of a... The sermon? This this under, kind of this undertone of the whole deal is the need for people to identify a scapegoat. Yeah. What you guys take on that? I, I thought it was really cool how they interviewed this female preacher... And talked about how she used this as a great sermon as a yeah. scapegoat. Like I've heard, I've heard a couple of other preachers use not this example, but use the, the scapegoat sermon. Mm-hmm. And it's it's always been a really interesting phenomenon. But man, the Bartman story is a it's a great parallel. I wish I'd have thought of it. I mean, yeah. it's it, it's a really it's an interesting thing. But I mean, I don't know what's your take on it. Well, I just never, I, I never thought. Now I'm not a Cubs fan, mm-hmm. so that may be different, you know. But so you don't know what years and years of heartache can do to a person. Well, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> Neither do you, really. I don't. But I mean, so, I, I sympathize. So, sure, I'm a Cubs fan. I, d- I know like what it the scapegoat not- for me mm-hmm. is is uh, the Alex Gonzalez who boots the the routine double play. Yeah, like I don't. I mean, yeah. I, I just like I don't need to blame some. It's shocking to me, I guess, for the need to blame um, blame others when something goes wrong mm-hmm. like this. Right. Now, okay, I, personal trage- tragedy and that type of stuff aside, right. okay, I understand that. But in this, why why do we have to have a scapegoat for my team? 
I don't know. It's it, it, and I think I think it just goes back to the cu- the Cubs. They need a story. You know what I mean? Yeah. They need they need a narrative to explain why they didn't make it to the series. They need to, they need to they need to have some way it's of the explain. curse of the Bambino. Yes, yes, yes. Why? That, that is that's very intriguing to me in this whole deal. It is. It's it's incredible. I mean, yeah, just these sequence of events that happens. Like, how can you? Well, yeah, with Cubs fans, I mean, they're fascinated with these curses, right? Yeah. There's the Billy Goat curse, and there's the Black Cat curse, and all of a sudden, <laughs> when, was it, who was it? It wasn't Bernie, was it Bernie Mac? Yeah, it was yeah, Bernie, Bernie Mac, Mac singing uh, Take Me Out to the Ball Game, and at the, in the part where he says, root, root, root for the champs. Yeah. And they're and like, like, the like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's done it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and, you know, there's all kinds of, okay, there are all kinds of superstition that people have. You played college football. Did you have superstition when you were playing? Like, were there was there anything that you felt like, oh no, this is going to happen? Like, I didn't wear the right socks. Oh yeah, lose. I mean, it was a whole like from the time I played high school football routines and all that when yeah. things went well. Um, it was a big deal. Like, there's a guy on our staff here, Brian and I went to high school together, and we would go, we would leave. On, Fridays, we would leave the pep rally. We would go to Wendy's. We would eat the same thing at Wendy's. We would go home. We would do the same thing. We would we wore the same stuff. Now, now I look back and I'm like, my kids get into that, and I'm like, that's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with any of it. But I tell you, a great example of this is Josh Hamilton today. You know, Josh Hamilton is hitting like 200 in the right. last. 60 days or something yeah. like that. I was listening to the radio this morning and they were talking about uh, that's it coincides with the time he quit dipping. Yes, I heard that. I was listening to the same thing. And so they were like, hey right. man, somebody needs to take him some Copenhagen or something. Yeah. <laughs> Get him out of the ditch. Put it in a big lean chew wrapper. Put it, like, wrap it up and send it to him. He needs some sin in his life. Yeah, he, some small sin to do good at baseball. He needs something. Well, and, and they were like, true. I don't want him cheating on his wife. I don't want him using drugs. I don't want to send him a six pack. But just send him some chewing tobacco. Yeah. <laughs> Which isn't even illegal. Yeah. I mean, no. really, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But like last year, last year. It'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, we, we won't care. We don't yeah. care. As long as Except we get, for the World Series. As long as yeah. we get the pennant. Exactly. We don't care what happens to Josh Hamilton's face. <laughs> yeah. But like even even last year, like they, they went, like a bunch of guys on the Rangers, they didn't shave during the playoffs. Yeah. You remember? Yeah. And yeah. For that reason. For that same thing. Like, well, the yeah. hockey, hockey teams, yeah. when they get in the playoffs, none of those guys shave mm-hmm. through the whole playoffs. And so they're, there is that angle of it. Here, here's my take. If you have a part in it, you know what I mean. Like, if if you directly impact the outcome of the game, mm-hmm. you're a player. Hey, you know what? Whatever gets you in the right mindset. I don't mean whatever, but you know, with within reason. Like whatever gets you in the right mindset to compete and play at a high level, man, I think it's good. Yeah, yeah. For this this angle of just fans, it's Bart, man. It's the that whole that that the curse of the Mambino and the cat and all that stuff. It's funny. Like nobody else has that stuff. No. 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 To that extent. No, know? not to that extent. No. It's I mean the Red Sox the Red Sox had it for a while, but they won the series in two thousand four and then they it's completely insane. Down three O in the ALCS to the Yankees came yeah. back from down three games to none. So Wow. Which is great. So now the Cubs are the only cursed team in all of sports. I guess. Yeah. Well, have you? I mean, have you ever sat with? <clears throat> sometimes I don't like going to new places with people I haven't 
haven't watched sports games with because I don't know their idiosyncrasies. Because some people, <laughs> some people will do certain things. Oh, I didn't wear my shirt, so we're gonna lose. And I'm like, you know what? You wearing the wrong shirt and watching this game on TV has nothing to do with how well these guys that do not know you play. And and it's that kind of mentality that says. This this fan ruined a game. Well, right? like that's good. It's a fa- it you know, is fascinating. It's, yeah. Well, it's like if you seen Moneyball. Yeah. Like you remember the the Brad Pitt character? He won't watch the A's play because right, because he right. feels like he jinxes them when he when he watches, and so he listens on in the car or he, he just drives around until the game's over. And so that's it's that like you said. I mean, he has nothing to do with it, but in his mind, he's affecting it somehow. Yeah. It's, and I know plenty of people who are like, oh. I didn't sit in the normal chair that I sat in, so I, the, they lost the game. You know, like when when the Rangers were in the World Series last year, I had all kinds of friends that were like, "Oh, we did something different before that last game, and that's why they lost." No, it wasn't. It was because you know he couldn't get his glove two feet over and catch we, the ball. We've joked about gonna, that. <laughs> we've we've I, joked about even in my house. I'm just telling you, in the last year, mm-hmm. like we're watching the Cowboy game, and Cody and some of Cody's buddies are over, and I'm like. All right, if they don't score on this drive, we're changing seats. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's just fun yeah. to at that level, but it is. It's but you don't cry if your routine disrupts the way the Rangers play. Cody, yes. <laughs> you can't go pee. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. You sit back down and you hold it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cody's my oldest son. And yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, it's. It, I, I love this. I it's just all these angles. Agree yeah. or disagree? It's fascinating. It's a really interesting story. Well, on that note, let's talk. Um, let's let's shift gears a little bit. And let's talk. We do a segment here where we, we talk about positives, and then we shift and we talk about negatives. Like, what are the things you really liked about the documentary? What are the things you didn't? So, let's be really boring here, but that's fine. That's all right. Well, it doesn't have to be long. But okay. I mean, the, the so the first one is positives. What what do you feel like stands out as a real triumph of this documentary? What do you think it does really well? As far my positives, as far as the documentary, I think Alex uh, Gibney was did a phenomenal job of getting really good interviews, getting really credible people, uh, getting accounts that actually happened that night. So he has good footage from the stuff that happened that night. I thought the way that they were able to kind of showcase people and like make everything black and white and make the action be in color. I had so that you written could down. Really see I love it. that. That was phenomenal. Where they could take the people away and show you exactly where everybody was sitting. sitting yeah. Oh, like that was that was awesome to me. How did they do that? That's amazing. I, I thought he did. I don't know how they did it, but I know that like I mean that made the documentary so much cooler to watch because it really gives you a good picture of how everybody there was trying to do the exact same thing, and he happened to be the one that got his hand on the ball. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, and so it was. I don't know. It. I, I really liked this documentary. I liked what it. I liked how he did it. I, I liked most everything about it. Yeah, it was great. Would Curly, do you have any of the specific positives? <clears throat> no, I, I completely agree with all of that. I, they did work on this. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean. And I, I really appreciate the fact that they uh, they tried to chase Bartman down. Mm-hmm. You know, hiding in the garage of where they think he's. Right, the parking garage. Yeah, or the guy stopped yeah. him in his parking <laughs> garage. And, and, and had some interaction with Bartman, and Bartman's like, "This is probably not the best stalking me and scaring me in the garage, but not the best way <laughs> yeah. to get me." Um, I, I, so, man, I don't really have any negatives on it. I, I can't think of anything going back. I would. I love the Buckner connection. Yeah, but you can go to Wikipedia and search Bill Buckner, and you can get his whole '86 debacle. But uh, 
I, I thought it was done great. I tell you, one of the things that I'm Bartman, you talk about just being a great guy. This is a dude who could come back right now and make all the money he could ever want oh, or totally. need to tell his story, and he is sticking to his deal, mm-hmm. which I think is great. And uh, but I, I appreciate these guys trying to find him and, and do all that. Man, I yeah, I, I don't really have. Anything yeah, I think else they said he's been offered hundreds of thousands of dollars to come on TV shows or come and, oh. and do interviews and. Um, and even like maybe sell product. Like I think certain Florida people have asked him to sell products and offer to pay him. He hadn't done any of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and and I don't really have any negatives either. Other than this would have been a. I feel like the only thing that could have added to this documentary was if they could have gotten Bartman on you know yeah. on, on camera. Yeah. But that's not that's not anybody's fault. Clearly, people had tried to do that, yeah. and so I can't really fault the filmmakers for that. But it, it would have been really interesting. I would love to hear his story. Well, you but know like, what? I thought I thought they handled that really well because at the very end of the movie, they said Steve Bartman is a genius. Mm-hmm. The only way we would know who Steve Bartman was right now is if he wore that green turtleneck and that hat and those headphones. Right now, he can walk into any coffee shop in the U.S. and and nobody is going. He doesn't have his glasses on. He can walk into any coffee shop in the U.S. and nobody knows who he is. He's Superman. He can walk wherever he is. Yeah. I mean, nobody knows. They only have that one image of him, and if he's not dressed like that image, nobody's sitting there going, "I think you're Steve Bartman." Yeah. Right. And so he has his life, and. If he were to come on and, and get publicity and go on the Today Show or go on this or go on that, he would no longer have his life and he would be so recognizable that he would – I mean some Yahoo would would you know do something stupid to him um, just because they can't get over their, their team not being good yeah. anymore. So, I mean, yeah, I think that – I think that the filmmakers do a good job of saying – he is kind of a genius yeah, for eluding us. Yeah, they're basically we don't we would love it if he came on camera, but we totally don't blame him that he doesn't want to. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, that was that was really good. Um, well, let's do ratings. We typically will rate a documentary on a scale of one to ten, one being terrible, ten being amazing. So, okay. uh, where where would you guys put Catching Hell? Yeah, I'd, I'd put it like a nine five. Yeah, I really liked it. Like I can't even think of a bunch. I can't think of a bunch of negatives. I thought it was done really well. Um, yeah. It's probably one of my higher ratings. That's a great rating, nine five. Yeah, nine five. Sure. How about you, Rob? I'm gonna give it a nine. I, I mean, like like you said, I, I can't really think of anything negative. It wasn't it wasn't perfect. It didn't like inspire like right. the the, the go to documentary for me is the Interrupters. Like the Interrupters did everything for me that any movie can, which is to give me some sort of deep emotional payoff. Yeah. And so it it doesn't give me that. So it comes just short of a ten for me. But I, so I'll give it a, a really solid nine. I love this documentary. What about you? Yeah. I don't really know that outside of any of the ESPN stuff that I've ever watched a documentary. <laughs> just, just in the world of being completely honest. Sure. Um, but I, and I'm probably very generous on stuff because if I like it, I really like it. I mean, I, I don't know what could be better than this story for me. So, I, I mean, so you're I, a 10. I, I'm a 10. That's great, man. Nice. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, I we're, so we're all yeah. now, high, high on the ratings. Yeah, it's, it's worth the... Um, I don't know if you can find it, but it's worth the download on iTunes. Yeah, yeah that's the only thing is it's hard to find. It's, I will say, yeah, it, it may have lost points because I had to pay five bucks to get it. Yeah, because iTunes only offers it in HD; they don't offer it in the low def, like in the in the lower um, stuff. And so I was like, oh, I'm paying five dollars for this, but that's then I was off. like, huh? Huh? 
25 bucks. <laughs> I'm, so. I'm going out of town next week. I leave Monday night flying out of town with my wife. Got about a two and a half hour flight, so that's the entertainment for the Very flight. Very nice. I've had, so it'll be it. This is good. This will be good airplane viewing. Yeah, too. it's just yeah. it's just good. It's an entertaining document. It's hard for a documentary to be really interesting and entertaining at yeah. the same yeah. time. And man, it pulls it off. It's really good. So man. Good stuff. Thank you, guys. Curly, thanks hey, for sitting in today. Thanks yeah. for letting me sit in, guys. Absolutely. Really Anytime we do a sports documentary, you're, Dude, you're welcome to come back. I'm double in. Awesome. awesome. All right. I almost said awesome. Awesome. <laughs> hey, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, our next documentary is going to, we're going to shift gears a lot. It's going to, it's a documentary called Cropsy. It's kind of in the horror genre, I yeah. guess, if you can say it, say that about a documentary. How do you spell that? Uh, C-R-O-P-S-E-Y. And uh, we'll, we'll get into what it's about, but it deals with a lot of child abductions in upstairs, in uh, Long Island, New York. So, um, very different than, yeah, like, did a guy catch a foul ball at a Cubs game? I'll be out of town. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you can get Cropsy on, uh, it's streaming both on Netflix and Hulu Plus, so yeah. this one's much easier to find. So, uh, thank you guys for, for seeing. It's going to be my screen name. Cropsy. Cropsy. Hello, Cropsy. Um, well, you can find us, Real Movies, uh, twitter.com slash Real Movies. Yes. Uh, you can go like us on Facebook and... Follow uh, us on Tumblr. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so. you can rate us on iTunes. Yes, please rate us on iTunes. Definitely. Well, thank you guys for sitting in. This has been Real Movies. We'll see you next time. See you next week.